every sports story that matters. Join for just $1 a month. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to The Athletic's exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. And listen, if the Eagles fall out of things by, like, week six, you're going to need to know what's going on in the rest of the NFL. Shil Kapadia is going to have you covered. You know, probably follow Frank fighting Frank Reichs. See what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts. So don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends, as we've been telling you for years, you can receive an all-access subscription, this time for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team, so go to theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends, receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. We hope to see you there. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps. And things flapping their wings on Birds with friends. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Birds he don't read both 7,000 <laughs> And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. And, and so the yeah, purpose that's of, what of, I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday evening. Bo Wolf here, Marissa there, and Zach and Shield too. Shield, how are you doing? Is there a reason that you and Zach are on this podcast? I thought this was going to be a solo podcast. Is there a reason you guys are joining me? Mm, you know, Zach, you know, taking taking the big old whiff before we started recording. Two podcasts for Mr. Berman yesterday, he said. Well, I mean, I mean, you both were on, you know, the athletic NFL show dissecting what's wrong with the Eagles. So I don't think people need to hear your recycled takes here. You know, Marissa, mm, that's you, for sure. if you want to cut them off, uh, I can just kind of go on a rant here. I've got a lot of things to talk about for a half an hour. You know, they can get on their group text with, uh, with Robert Mays, uh, <laughs> Ted Wynn, Joe Thomas. They probably got, you know, a five person one going Please. on there. And I can take over uh, this episode of birds with friends. We, we got your sloppy seconds. You were on before us. When I go on, I was talking about the whole NFC East. You know, I save my good Eagle sakes for this podcast. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, unleash them to the world and then recycle them here. So I better hear, I better hear some new takes from you guys here. I'm going to be judging. Uh, I'm actually going to be listening to what you have to say for a change. Well, it is I, exciting times here because I think there might be a possibility of some Elijah Riley news this week. Zach. I was going to say, I just want to make clear that on uh, both the podcasts, uh, the, the athletic NFL show or the athletic football show. And then, our uh, Bengals podcast I was on with with Jay Morrison. Whiff. I I made sure to uh, to mention Birds with Friends or that Birds with Friends was was mentioned in the introduction. So it was uh, cross promotion both times. 
Right. Well, there you go. I mean, I mean, when you did it on the Athletic NFL show, did you say with Shiel Kapadia? Was it was this? I haven't listened yet. Oh, it was, silent. Well, so how do you so how do you know what's going to be how do you know what's going to be recycled? Uh, I'll listen oh, okay. to it. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Uh, Marissa, did you produce the uh, Athletic NFL show with these two gentlemen? I did not do yesterday's episode. Oh, you didn't. So okay. no. But uh, I, I thank well, thank you. I know you, you know, and we know whose side you're on. So appreciate that. All right, let's get. All to right. It. Well, we've got plenty to get to. Plenty of Eagles news, uh, some new injury news, and you know Doug Peterson making some headlines with another very silly comment. So we will do that in Bird on the Street. We will talk to Sheila about what he saw in the Squall 22, and then we'll just talk about you know big picture. You think this Eagles team is going to win uh, four games, five games, six games? What do you think? So. Uh, let's get into that. Zach, our Stone Cold Newsman, we need a good, like, uh, we need a good news song. You know, one of those, like, bump, 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 like, sort of the oh, NBC. I like that. Yeah, yeah let's get, good. when, when, we, when we have Zach news. at the have top of the show. News. Yeah, the, yeah. The news gra- I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think uh, for the top of the show, we need, to, we need to incorporate that. Sorry to make more work for you, Marissa. Maybe I'll see, if, see what I can find. But, uh, Zach, let's, yeah, let's send it over to Zach with the news. So, so there was a lot of news today, but but let's take a uh, step back to Monday. Isaac Sayamalu, uh, because that's an important one to mention, starting left guard, has a knee injury. Uh, he's out for an extended period. The Eagles have already put him on IR, and it's not going to be three weeks. It's going to be longer than three weeks. Uh, so that is the third offensive lineman out of the lineup for the Eagles, and it's it's the fourth one, their fourth starting offensive lineman. They're... they're playing a game without this season, if you consider week one without Lane Johnson. Uh, And then today, Jalen Rager, UCL tear in his thumb, comparable injury to the one that Drew Brees had, and and this was last season, kept Drew Brees out five games. Now, different position, of course, uh, but that, from from our understanding, that is, is, is the comparison uh, for this injury, he's it going sounds, to have surgery. He's going to go on IR. Exactly. Sounds like he's 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 he'll get surgery and IR. So at least three weeks and uh, perhaps longer than that. Also, Fletcher Cox, an oblique injury. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Now we saw him go down during the game. He played through it. Uh, Bo, who was sitting at a social distance from me during the game but commented uh, in the in the second half what is Fletcher wearing because you saw mm. him wrapped up while he was playing his 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 back area uh the eagles now he did not practice today they're they're taking it day by day it sounds like but it's no sure thing that he's that he's going to play Sunday now he's he's played through injuries before uh and he played through this last week but, but this is something to to monitor as well Rudy Ford, who has actually played well on special teams in these first two games. Like the only player on the team who's had a good first two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the only guy. Injury, he has a groin injury, so he's going to miss some time here. And uh, The hits keep and, on coming. Yeah. So uh, those are the most notable ones. Deshaun Jackson uh, did not practice today. Sounds like his, his schedule, at, at, at least through this portion, of the season has has been Wednesday day off. So I had the rest day NBA. last Wednesday, uh, then has the rest day today. Of course, Malik Jackson also had a rest day today. 
Uh, Corey Clement has an illness. He did not practice today. Lane Johnson limited with the ankle. That seems like they are managing him. And then uh, Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters were, were both limited today. But that was not injury-related. That was rest. So Okay, that was page one. Let's get to page two. Maybe like a seven-hour podcast. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, unbelievable. But, so the most notable one, well, I, I guess say Amalu. Uh, but, but oh, I think that, Rager is, uh, is more knew, important. Jalen Rager, the first round pick, uh, is is going to miss a, a a healthy chunk of his of his rookie season here, and just a, a real tough injury for the Eagles. Played through it the other day, but needs surgery. Like it happened second. on that big hit when he left the game. Yeah, and and now the Eagles here are going into this weekend, and 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 there will be some moves here in the next few days. They get some reinforcements at, at that position. But as of now, it's basically the skill players they had last year with the addition of John Hightower, their fifth-round pick, and Deshaun Jackson being healthy. But J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, Greg Ward, uh, that's, you know, they're going to be having notable playing time on Sunday. And then Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and, of course, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. And then uh, the other thing to note there is Deontay Burnett is a guy that they could promote. They protected him from practice squad. He's someone who 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 could get the call up. Well, Ooh. let's talk about let's talk about you know the wide receiver picture first, um, because I think that's you know what's one we've been talking about for a very long time, and this is you know sort of coming full circle about them not making a move in the offseason for a veteran. But uh, yeah, I mean, coming off a game in which they played. 12 personnel, 80% of the snaps, and Jalen Rager played uh, the you know the vast majority of those snaps. You know they're now in a situation where it's going to be Deshaun Jackson as often as you can uh, stomach having him on the field, and then cycling through Greg Ward, John Hightower, and JJ Arthega Whiteside. Uh, you know, and you know who knows if if it's Deontay Burnett or uh, you know they'll probably re-sign Jordan Matthews or or whatever the available list of former Eagles is. I think I saw they they worked out Marcus Johnson, which is like Marcus just, Green. Oh, I, I I thought I saw a Marcus Johnson thing too. Yeah, I I believe he signed with the Colts practice squad, Marcus Johnson. Okay, well I mean yeah, it's like it's it's only bringing in guys who have ever been here before. So you know. Uh, Jason Avant is already in the building. Maybe he'll get signed. Maybe they bring down Mike Quick from the radio booth. We'll see what happens. But, Harold Carmichael. Yeah, Harold. So, I mean, listen, this is ugly. <laughs> like, what? I don't know what they're going to do. Well, like you said, they're already committed to playing 12 personnel. What, what percentage was it last week? 80%. Yeah, yeah. 80%. 80% of the time. So, you know, if you look at it that way, you know, the cupboard is not bare. You have Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Dallas Gardner, and Deshaun Jackson. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. But, again, this was a rookie wide receiver. So, you're, you know, the median for a guy like him was going to be around 500 receiving yards for a season. Uh, you don't have great other options. We harped on it. You, you probably should have, you know, signed a veteran in the offseason. You should, probably should have made a splashier move, not just because of this, because it would have helped the team more than the moves that they did make. Uh you know, on defense, but I don't know in the short term, this shouldn't be like a, it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be like a season killing move that your uh, number two wide receiver goes down when you play as much 12 personnel as they do. No, but it represented the, the biggest upgrade that they made at, at that position. It was the, the priority position offensively going into the off season. 
Uh, and as as we discussed multiple times, you know, the only thing they I, I say the only thing it is fairly notable. They they invest their first round pick in Jalen Rager. They trade for Marquise Goodwin, who obviously opted out, and then they took John Hightower and Quez Watkins on day three. Quez Watkins is on IR, uh, and uh, I think you guys are, are going to laugh when I say this. The big name that looms here is Alshon Jeffrey. They can't get Alshon Jeffrey back soon enough at this point. Well, I mean, it's true. This, I mean, they didn't put him on PUP, so they think he's going to be ready before week seven. So you're right. I mean, the clock is ticking. I mean, he's basically a tight end at this point, given his speed, but so is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I think that's the real thing. It's not that you know they're losing Rager's production. It's that uh, if if their idea for 12 personnel as like the the base of the offense was going to work, I think it was going to rely on having uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager on the outside to stretch the defense, to, to open things up over the middle. And now that they don't have that, like I, I think it has to be Hightower who's getting you know the majority of the early snaps and not Arthega Whiteside um, in 12 personnel just because they need that that some kind of threat to, to threaten uh, the safeties. Yeah, you can put Ortega Whiteside out there maybe when you're, you know, on on early downs when you're running um, RPOs or uh, more, you know, situations where you're probably going to be running the ball, whether it's short yardage, goal line, those things. But uh, I would agree that uh, third down playing from behind two minute drill uh, high tower off definitely offers you some more juice. Now, having said that, I mean, the guy hasn't proven anything yet, but if he's just running straight down the field, at least it uh, gives you that that threat of I sent speed, I sent you this speed. clip uh yeah. my favorite my favorite thing that that Hightower has done he played like eight snaps against the Rams but on one of those snaps it was the the first snap of Jalen Hurts and Hightower is the only receiver on the field and Jalen Ramsey is lined up against him like pressing and they just get into a little a little shoving match it was like Hightower is the uh you know the guy who goes to prison on the first day and is told to punch the meanest guy in the fa- in the face <laughs> Jalen Ramsey mean, must have been like, "What are you doing?" Well, you are joking. Who are I, like, you? Lo- I loved that. Yeah, I didn't. How about you? You were grinding the grinding the tape. I that way you. I didn't even notice that. You he looks that, off the ball. I respect uh, it. Yeah, you you send that my way. That was a great clip. I it mean, was he funny, was, right? Yeah, he was good. Good. Good for him. Somebody with a little juice and energy on this Thanks team. Thanks for that text, that's by uh, no, and, and and the other thing to monitor, too, here is is Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I don't want to say he's a part-time player. I mean, he took 77% of the snaps, but he he was on the sideline for, for what, 16 snaps uh, in the last game and then was only around 50% in week one. Like, uh, they are monitoring him, obviously. Jalen Rager took the most snaps of any wide receiver for the Eagles. So he took 85% of the snaps in the past in in last Sunday's game that was 60 snaps you take him out of the equation is it JJ Ortega Whiteside is it John Hightower is it Greg Ward um I, I know Bo said John Hightower he, he gives you the speed but uh it's it's certainly a different conversation when you have one of those three on the opposite side well I just so I just went through this um as we were uh, starting the podcast just finished so let me tell you there have been 37 snaps this season that the Eagles have had in their two games without Jalen Rager on the field. These are the uh, the different personnel packages there have been of those 37. This is great work right here. The most popular is uh, was 12 personnel with Deshaun and Hightower on the field. That was for 14 snaps. The most of those came in week one when mm-hmm. Rager and Deshaun didn't play together. Uh, the next most popular is, is an 11 personnel grouping with 
Deshaun, Greg Ward, and Hightower. That was only nine snaps. Then you go, there's nothing else that has been more than three snaps. There's 11 personnel with uh, Ward, Ortega, Whiteside, and Hightower for three snaps. There's two snaps of uh, 13 personnel with just John Hightower. That's exciting. Uh, two snaps of 12 personnel with Deshaun and J.J. Ortega, Whiteside. Two snaps of the Jalen Hurts package. And then one snap each of a bunch of random things like uh, 12 personnel with Deshaun and Greg Ward, 12 personnel with Greg Ward and Arthega Whiteside, 12 personnel with Hightower and Arthega Whiteside, and uh, 11 personnel with Deshaun, Ward, and Arthega Whiteside. So uh, it's not like this is something that they have uh, you know, practiced a lot of, but I, I guess that doesn't really matter. It's only been two games. And I thought you asked uh, Doug a good question today, which is basically what dictates what the combinations are. And Doug said, simple answer, game plan. Like the game plan decides mm -hmm. how they utilize the guys. And he sounded like the Little League coach saying everyone gets an opportunity. Uh, but I would imagine that that you want to have kind of your your core group. And I'm curious to see who the second receiver is in that core group. We okay. shall see. We shall see. Uh, okay. The, the other big injury there, you said Isaac Sayamalu. And I think this is very bizarre because uh, the first line or the first look at the new offensive line today at practice was Nate Herbig moved from right guard to left guard and Matt Pryor moved from left guard to right guard, which contradicts uh, the sort of ethos we've heard from the Eagles in the past when they have a guy go, goes down, which is you don't want to move two people at once. Um, I told Zach my conspiracy theory here. Jason Peters doesn't want to play next to Matt Pryor. Yeah, I was going to say. So, they, I mean, like, I know we're, we're jumping ahead to the Squall 22. Yeah. But, but I got to say, you know, I didn't get to watch the, the week one. One didn't come out till like, Friday. And so I didn't yeah. watch. Week two? Nate Herbert can play. He was very good in this, this game. Guy, he this was, was guy not was great. legitimately good in this game. He was not great in week one. Like, he, 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 he wasn't quite as – I mean, it was a much better defensive line. But he I was mean, good in this game. He's so moving. naturally he gets comfortable and they want to change his position. Right, exactly. <laughs> he and Lane Johnson were crushing guys in the run game with their double teams. I mean, moving them like yards off the ball. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. What, what, look at Herb. Look at this hole Herbing's Nasty opening Nate. up here. Uh, I thought he looked really, really good. And in pass protection, uh, here, let me do a little control F here. I don't remember writing down any uh, issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have yeah. him like giving no up any least, QB yeah. hits or, or pressures or anything like that. So I thought he was really good. So Jason Peters watches the same film we do, uh, and Matt Pryor was not <laughs> nearly as good. And he says, I'm taking, he walks into Doug's office and says, Give me 10 grand and her big right at left guard. There was one, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it was <laughs> give me ten grand and and I'm taking her big. And this uh, was the theory, by well, the way, one play. why uh, Wisniewski was, was benched. A few years ago, right? Was, right. Was yeah. Well, this is yeah. This is. I mean, we know that Peters has has I mean, a bit of a like say here. Annual, this is a, yeah. This is like an annual thing, basically. Yeah. This was a known. <laughs> this was a known thing. Um, even back to like you know he didn't love play next to Evan Mathis, so uh, that worked out pretty well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is what it is. And there was one play in particular. One of like the I think Wentz was only hit three times, but one of them was. Uh, it looked to me like it was Pryor's fault. Leonard Floyd was lined up over Jason Peters and Peters went to take the blitzer on the outside and Pryor went down and like triple teamed a guy. And I think it must've been Pryor's miss. And I feel like that was like, 
you're making me look bad, says Jason Peters. I don't want to play next to you. The flip side is, why is it even Matt Pryor at right guard? Like uh, Peterson has said or said today that Driscoll and Opeta and Jamon Brown are in the mix too. Like I'm not even sure I believe that we're going to get to game day and it's Matt Pryor at right guard. Uh, I I would agree with that, and and but we're just speculating on the Peters thing. By the way, we're I mean yeah, of could, course it could be it's... it could be the reason, but we, uh, we're not reporting anything here or, or saying we've we've heard anything. I I was I mean I do want to ask like why why you would do that? Yeah, um, yeah, I think they would say that you know Pryor had more practiced all summer at right guard, but you know. They don't want like Herbig was in. field. They've shown yeah, us exactly. they don't want him on the like, field. So I agree with you. I think that, I mean, why do you sign a guy like Jamon Brown if not for this situation? Uh, or even if you liked what you saw from Jack Driscoll and think he can play guard, then put him in there. And so uh, uh, it is strange. I mean, Herbig and Lane Johnson looked like they had played together, you know, before. Yeah, it was like, good. Like, like they really were in sync and doing a good job. So I would keep that the same and then figure out who your other best option is at left guard. And like you said, who knows by the time game day rolls around on Sunday, maybe that it will be what they do. And, and, uh, and, and just to add here regarding prior. So this was Doug Peterson's quote on Monday about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase mm-hmm. different parts of it. He went through the whole line. Basically this was very JP funny. was improved. Okay. Herbig played really well. And that's no small task blocking 99 and some of those guys on the D-line, but he did a really nice job. So that's Herbig. He said Kelsey did a nice job. Elaine Johnson, it was great to get him back, and he did a really good job. And then before Isaac got hurt, played <laughs> up playing well, Pryor came in and actually did some good things. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> there were some calls that he missed. And you I think that was the one. And Kelsey yeah. oh, kind of okay. talking after plays, between plays, whatever. And again, that's just part of being a backup uh, the actually there does carries a lot of weight. Yes. Like, he actually, you know, it wasn't a total disaster. So, you know, what a surprise. He stayed on his surprise. feet a couple times. Yeah. There was also a stunt. There was also a stunt that they uh, mm-hmm. screwed up or gave up a pressure or a hit on. It's good on because this does, like, this does tell us, uh, I think, the one-for-one comparison that Zach has made. This is what the, the Patriots season would have looked like if Jared Stidham was a quarterback. That's true. That's true. Maybe. Maybe it's. I mean, it, my one sentence to that is it's. It's like hilarious watching the Patriots and and just how good Cam Newton is. And imagine that that there was a thought that there was a quarterback competition going into this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. So anyway, uh, okay. Uh, other other injury news wise, is there any like are there any uh, lineup replacements we need to talk about? I mean, if Fletcher Cox is going to be out, and I think Derek Gunn said like there's a there's a real possibility he does miss this game i mean that's ugly but i guess that's why you have three of the highest paid four three defensive tackles in the league to, to help. well let <laughs> me jump ahead to some uh, film another film observation here this is one that you know usually by the time we we do i, I know we had some concern doing this podcast on a wednesday night that our takes were going to be old i haven't seen this one anywhere it may, maybe it has been out there and i missed it but javon hargrave I thought I looked at, I, I saw 93 on a play and I said, this must be one of the, you know, maybe they pulled, picked someone up. From I told squad. you he's got a camp body body that no, it wasn't his body. It was how he was playing. Yeah. This guy was getting shoved around all over the place on Sunday. I mean, every time there was a big run, 93 was pushed two gaps over, uh, over. And there was a huge hole. I mean, I'm not going to crush the guy. He's coming back from an injury. 
I don't think he is ready to play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's recovered from that injury. Yeah. Because if that, if the film from Sunday is the guy you signed $13 million to a $13 million a year contract, it will go down as the worst free agent signing <laughs> of the Howie Roseman era. I mean, I'm serious. He was getting crushed in this game. <laughs> and just well, he played, I mean, he played 25% of the snaps and didn't record a single stat. Like, Not even that. He was nowhere yeah. near the ball. How could he yeah. record a, uh, a, a tackle? He was getting pushed to the other hash on every run play. It was <laughs> so, incredible. So last Friday was was the first time that he's taking a full practice in an Eagles uniform. And just to give you perspective on the, on the, on this injury, he was asked today. Today was our, our first time speaking with him. Oh. Uh, Really, since he signed with the Eagles, good back thing in March. I wasn't on that call today. <laughs> and uh, and he was asked uh, when the injury occurred, and he said he can't even he 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 does not recall. Like that's how long ago it, it, it was. I mean, it was yeah. So clearly, this is something that that uh, had been bothering him. Uh, he, what was he the said, injury again? It was a pectoral, and then there was a hamstring added in there. Oh boy. Okay. Um, he said. Uh, he said he 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 believes he had a, a really good practice today, um, and he's working on his craft and trying to get into better shape. Okay, well, oh shape, well that's interesting. That, I guess that would explain. I mean, but like you said, he was playing twenty five percent of the snaps. He wasn't uh, out there every play. Uh, he was, you know, he was very bad I, again. If the guy's coming off yeah. the and trying to battle through something, I'm not crushing him for that. I think it, the onus is on the team to say, all right, we need to give this guy another week, another two weeks. I don't know what he needs to get taken care of um, medically, maybe get some more practice. Because like you, I think you guys pointed this out before the game. It was like he went from zero to 60. Yeah. Like he wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden, he's ready to play on Sunday. So this I was be- quite surprised that he didn't have an injury designation. Yeah, no designation like at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really. So this could me. be as much on the on the team as uh, as anybody else, but the the performance was not good. Well, that goes to sort of what I was, you know, what I said in the post game pod of like they were, it really seemed like they were trying to push all their chips into the table in that game, and it still totally backfired. And like that that seems sort of similar to the Jalen Hurts thing to me. And like this is this is these are all the weapons we've got. Let's make sure you know let let's make sure we don't leave anything in the tank in in hoping to avoid going zero and two. And I guess that that specific bullet totally backfired. It did. <laughs> it, did yeah. it did seem to backfire. Uh, okay. And uh, lastly, who's going to replace Rudy Ford, the best player on the team? <laughs> well, so I saw in our real-time app that you said mm. uh, you thought it was going to be Elijah Ooh. Riley. And, uh, and the reason Zach's I bring that up is because... This, uh, question sincerely here. You, of course, can follow before. our real-time... Uh, they're not tweets, but, you know, the, sh- the short bites of Newsy Nuggets uh, on the Athletic app. So on on uh, on Tuesday, the Eagles protected their four practice squad guys, and that's an indication of who they're going to promote to, to the game day roster. And... Uh, Graylin Arnold was the safety they promoted. Now it's important mm. to point out that it, that um, they have a, an, an an open roster spot now, and when they put Jalen Rager on IR, they'll have a, another one. So you you can promote someone from the practice squad to your fifty three who you didn't protect, uh, and perhaps they do that with Elijah Riley. But I got the sense based on them protecting Graylin Arnold that he was ahead of of your boy Elijah. Do you disagree? Uh, I don't disagree of your reading of that, but in the beginning of practice today, 
there was a new person working with the first team punting oh. unit, and that was Elijah Riley. Good he work. was with he was with the starters on the punting unit. You know, I'm I wasn't looking for it, but I see that 48. No, uh, no, no beanie up on top as if he's on the scout team. My, uh, you know, my sensors go up. So uh, that's what that's what I'm looking for. And I and I will say right now, if the Eagles promote Elijah Riley this week, I'm picking them to win. I'm picking them to go 14 and two. If they, they don't pick him up favorites. this week, if they if they don't put him up this week, they're gonna lose. That's how I feel. All right, I it's, need to. It's end a, this is a real. This is a real credit uh, to binary Bill, by decision. Way, that's if if you're studying these special teams formations, that's uh, that's when you know you're taking advantage of every minute of the open portion of practice. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I, I slept over a friend's house in the morning. Uh, you know, he had to beg his mom to like mix cereals, like a healthy cereal mm. with a sugary cereal. And that was very weird to me because my parents were just like, <laughs> eat whatever you want. You know, it doesn't matter. You're going to have a typical Indian build, no matter really what you do <laughs> uh, diet wise, <laughs> exercise wise. But, uh, you know, I still, as I grew up, I thought, you know what, I actually shouldn't be eating all those sugary cereals. I know I don't give them uh, to my kids. And that's why that, that's where magic spoon here comes in okay let me new tell sponsor you alert new sponsor alert let me tell you this episode is brought to you by magic spoon we got some magic spoon delivered to our house zero sugar 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in each serving they sent us four flavors cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry you know what we did the kids got all the boxes they put them in different bowls they said mom dad we're doing a taste test we had a Ooh. great family taste Ooh. test i gotta tell you the fruity, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the other cereal. You can probably figure it out. It's a sugary, uh, fruity cereal that you might have had as a kid. I sure did. This fruity tastes just like that. It is delicious. It tastes amazing. Honestly, too good to be true. And this is uh, keto-friendly. This is uh, keto. Keto. Keto-friendly. I always thought it was keto, too, until I was, yeah, I, was, I was corrected. Go ahead. Gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. Low carb, GMO free. I mean, th this is much better for you than your typical cereal, and you still get the fantastic taste. So, if you want to try some Magic Spoon, here's what you do: you go to MagicSpoon.com/birds to grab a variety pack and try it today. I also like the Frosted. The Frosted tasted, mm. very, you know, it tasted like I like again, the Frosted. It tasted like another cereal I've had in the past that's, you know, too sugary, not good for me now, but I can have this Frosted and it does the trick. Be sure to use our promo code BIRDS at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, and that's not going to happen, but they will refund your money, no questions asked, that's magicspoon.com slash birds and use the code birds for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode of Birds with Friends. I got to tell you, I went I went through them as well, and I, I was sleeping on the fruity. I thought that was going to be my least favorite, uh, and I agree. Yeah. It was number one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah. it was number one. Love a fruity. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to, uh, I guess, the Squall 22 if we don't have anything else left on the uh, news front. Yeah, I mean, I can't take another hour on, like, on injuries here. <laughs> Let's move on, please. Well, you know, it really would be if we could get, if we could get Sua Opeta as the starting left guard and Elijah Riley on defense, all of a sudden I'm, I'm talking contract extensions for everybody. Uh, you know, I'm taking the wheels off. I'm blow, I, you know, I'm gassing everybody up. Let's do this thing. But 
let's get to your your squad 22 where do we even begin here? Let, let, well, let's start with the quarterback, and because I I had a question, you know, Zach, I saw in your uh, in your tremendous piece on Carson Wentz after the game that everyone can read on uh, on the Athletic. I think you said something like, you know, he's going to be under sort of the the maybe the criticism and scrutiny that he has not seen previously. Well, there were, there was a line like that, right? Yeah. Okay. I have, I mean, if Donovan McNabb played the first two games of the season the way Carson Wentz played, would we be talking about anything else when we were discussing what what's wrong with the Eagles? No, no. Do you disagree? I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like he has been scrutinized. Uh, I don't for, think to but this anyway. level. I, mean, I, I don't, don't think, think Wentz. I mean, I don't know. I, I still hear so much about well, you know, the receiver could have done this and look at this personnel and the coaching and there's legitimacy to all of it and we can certainly discuss all of it. But this has been like they've been legitimately by every statistical metric the worst offense, the worst passing offense, and he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL statistically through the first two games of the season. And so we can discuss all these other things. I think it's unlikely that he's going to, you know, be this bad, obviously the entire season. But if we just take these first two games in a vacuum, it's been like a complete disaster. And I'll tell you the sequence that really concerns me with Carson Wentz. And it's not the interception. The interception was bad. The interception came at a, at a critical time in that game. You guys dissected it well uh, after the game. Zach, I thought the screenshot you tweeted, I mean, that's what it looks like on film from the end zone angle. Like, you know, you can see Ortega Whiteside on the backside post. It looks like there's room there. Like it's tough to sort of crush him for pulling the, uh, pulling the trigger on that. It looked like there was an option there. And I thought Doug Peterson's explanation was real. I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, what did he say? It's uh, unacceptable. What? Unacceptable, and it's the best. But like we've and seen Wentz, him, and Wentz said today, he shouldn't even. The mistake was even throwing it in the first place, not the way that he threw it, which I disagree with. But well, this, this is my concern. So, all right, that happens, right? And it's a huge play in the game. Uh, you know, uh, the Rams get the ball back. All these different types of things. The Eagles had a chance to take a lead. The very next possession, the Eagles are driving, and they're in the red zone, and it's second down and eight, I believe, and they run a three-band concept on the right side. And da- Dallas, I think they showed this on the TV broadcast. Dallas Goddard is running free in the end zone. And that's a play where it really feels like Carson Wentz should be throwing uh, throwing the ball to him. You know, I sent the clip to Coach Flynn, and, you know, he, he explained that, yeah, that's a three-man concept. Like, Goddard is in the progression there. It's not like he's just running a defender off. And Carson Wentz eats the ball and, and then throws it away. Then, it, then it's third and eight. And I had a quick question about that play, though. Yeah. So Jalen Ramsey's looming there. He was, but he was on like the I, I don't know. It looked- so if 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 that throws made, like you know, I I think if 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 he throws it quickly, he hits Goddard. But at the point that that he, you know there was a point that if 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 you release it a little late there, I think Ramsey closes in. Maybe I don't know. I think you could throw it towards the back of the end zone and okay, throw it up yeah. high and really have really have a chance there. I mean, in terms of like our guys open or not, that to me looked like uh, a guy who was open. And then the next play. Well, the next play. I'm glad you're bringing it up because this is the play that I mentioned on the WIF uh, Athletic Football Show. This play to me was like was very maddening from a Carson Wentz front. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I'm interested to hear hear your take on it. Also, so next play is third and eight, and you know he gets a little pressure from the left side. Does a nice job stepping up. Zach Ertz, I believe, has man coverage. 
separates. It's like a comeback route. Right at the sticks. sticks. I mean, that is a, that is a throw that Wentz makes nine out of, 99 out of 100 times. It's right there. He's looking at him, and he throws the ball away to the other side of the field. And this isn't a – it was 24-16 then. The game is, you know, still there for the taking. And so that speaks to me to a quarterback who did not erase – what happened on the previous possession? It hmm. speaks to me to a guy who's being torn between his natural instincts to be aggressive and then a fear of making mistakes because one of how he's being coached and two, because he threw an interception on the previous play. And if you coach the aggressiveness out of Carson Wentz, like this goes back to what Doug Peterson said, and it's troubling that Carson Wentz sort of said the same thing. Like, what do you really have here, honestly? If he's going to be a guy who's afraid to make these types of throws that are NFL open for even an average quarterback, let alone Carson Wentz, you're in big trouble. And it, I mean, I don't know if I'm making too much about like one possession, but I thought that was a really bad sequence, a really telling sequence about a guy who seemed like he was rattled, a guy who might have too many different coaches in his ear during the week of practice, a guy who's trying to accomplish different things that are sort of uh, in conflict at the same time. And uh, it really made me worried sort of about what the rest of the season could look like. So I totally agree with that. And it's sort of part and parcel with, uh, you know, what I thought was the overall uh, takeaway from the, the offensive game plan that I wrote about today and that it was so much of an overcorrection to what happened in week one. Uh, you know, getting away from the downfield passing game, sticking to 12 personnel, the, you know, this bog offense, getting rid of the ball quickly because you were punished for it last week. And last week wasn't bad, like, game plan-wise. It just needed a little tweak for Carson Wentz not to take, like, terrible sacks. And it seemed to me like they were beating into his mind all last week. Like, you got to get rid of the ball. You got to get rid of the ball. And there were a couple plays here where, like, he made the right decision to get rid of the ball. But there were other ones. Like, he, he definitely missed that Ertz play. And that play was, you know, it's third and eight from whatever it was, like, the, the you know, the 18-yard line or something like that. You can take a sack there. You're not getting out of field goal range. That's a, a play where you need to make a play. And for him to throw the ball away without being under pressure was like, that is not something we would have seen from Carson Wentz at any point when he was playing at a high level. Um, have you have you ever seen him throw the ball away on back-to-back plays? No. I ha- and I have certainly never seen him throw a ball away like that. Like he could have even, if he want, he, he, he had room to run. Like he, yeah. he may not have gotten it, but he had room to try to make a play there. Uh, that that play, I would totally agree, was like, this is a quarterback who I have not seen before uh, as Carson Wentz. It was now, just do ba- you think that factored in to Doug's decision to leave the points on the board? Mm, well, that's a good yeah, question. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, if he sees those two plays. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, he might just throw the ball away on uh, fourth down. I mean, I don't know how else you read it other than he has a voice in his head at that moment saying, don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. Right. I don't, I do not want him play. If he's playing like that, like it's over. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got no shot to be the quarterback, uh, you know, to sort of reach his ceiling there. So um, yeah, that, that, that was the sequence that really stood out to me in this game with Carson Wentz. Uh, in, in addition to that, the accuracy is like a huge issue and I'm not a, a uh, quarterback. Merle, but a Hugh. 
a quarterback guru. I, you know, mechanics. I, I don't know why. Have you played quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's missing on all these throws. That, that's of course a reference to uh, Doug Peterson's press conference today. I have not played quarterback in the NFL, but my gosh, how disingenuous of a response! Like every NFL throw is exactly the same. Give me a break. I mean, uh, uh, Zach Ertz eight yard outbreaking route that he's mm-hmm. made 700 times in his life. And he sails it to the sideline, you know, Miles Sanders in the flat and he's throwing uh, a worm ball. I mean, we can, we, we know that the, the public is not stupid. The viewing public can tell what's a difficult throw and what's an easy throw. And by the way, there's statistical backing for this. So if you look at, um, Next gen stats, they keep you know this thing, uh, completion percent expected completion percentage. And uh, I'm not going to say it's perfect, you know, it's going to be flawed, but basically, what they do is they look at how much separation did a receive the target have, uh, where was he on the field in terms of part of the field, and how far downfield. Obviously, a check down's harder to complete than a pass 25 yards downfield, and then they look at uh, how much pressure was the quarterback under. And I think there are other variables involved also, but this is all with sort of the tracking data that they have in their shoulder pads. And if you look at Carson Wentz's expected completion percentage, I believe it's in the top 10 league wide. So like this idea that he's making these impossible throws down after down after down is not backed up by the data there. I mean, I mean, they have another one that's tight window throws, you know, how often is a quarterback throwing uh, to a receiver who has a defender within one yard of him. And he's also, I believe, among the 10 lowest quarterbacks there as well. And so these are, you know, there are layups that he's missing. Anybody who's watching can see this. He's never going to be the most accurate quarterback. We knew that. But this is at a level right now, which seems to be at an all-time low. And until you get that accuracy fixed, uh, it's really hard to get the offense fixed. Are you there? I am. I agree I with, give with you what the, you say. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, um, <laughs> I thought you went I've, to sleep. I was trying I've to pay you, ba- diff- pay you back for all these silent pauses. I've, I've seen different the theories about, uh, you know, the, I shouldn't even call them theories, opinions about the direction of his front foot when he's throwing it and, and things of that nature. Uh, I don't know why the accuracy is not there, but I, I agree that there are incompletions that, that, that should be completions. There are passes that, that, that would seem to be, high percentage throws, and not even that. There are examples of passes where they're receptions, but they're just put in weird spots, yes. and it takes away from the yard after the from the yards after the catch. There was a uh, there was the pass there was a pass to Deshaun on the third down um, where it was a little behind Deshaun. There was a, a screen pass to Rager. Um, you know, things screen like pass, that, the screen uh, pass to where, Deshaun, the, you know, the ball down the field to Goddard, which he threw as now that could have been a miscommunication as opposed to a, an, uh, inaccurate yeah, that was pass, a good question ahead, today. Yeah. yeah. I just asked Goddard if that was supposed to be a back shoulder throw. And he said he, Wentz probably didn't expect me to, he, it was, he, he, he gave a funny answer Black. because it was, he flexing himself. Yeah. He okay. goes, well, Wentz probably didn't expect me to beat Jalen Ramsey off the line like that. Yeah. Um, it was okay. the, credit to him. Yeah, yeah, he did. For people who who are curious what, what what play, it was the second and ten in the fourth quarter at the eight forty mark, and Rager beat like I'm, I'm sorry, not Rager, Goddard just beat Jalen Ramsey, and uh, and it did and look Goddard, to me live like Goddard was slow to get his head around. 
But anyway, and well, well, Goddard wasn't looking at the back shoulder, and, right? And Wentz put a pass that was that was really nice on the back shoulder, but Goddard turned inside, and then he just couldn't turn his body to catch it on the outside. There was also a play. The first possession, Deshaun had a step on Jalen Ramsey down the left sideline, where it looked like, you know, if you're going to take a shot against Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. uh, it looked like you had a shot there uh, to Deshaun. I think he instead checked it down to. Miles Sanders. So I, I mean, Bo is right. You know, they didn't they didn't take a lot of shots downfield. The Rams were playing a lot of two deep safeties, and so uh, you know they were kind of daring the Eagles to methodically move the ball downfield, which I think is a, is probably a smart mm-hmm. thing, uh, a smart thing to do. But there were some opportunities that uh, that they had that they didn't capitalize on. Can I give you my this the my the spicy Wednesday that is uh, you know borderline controversial mm, okay. that I was holding off on? Sure. Well, I mean, the the uh, the long history of the grouse is that uh, you know it's for it's for people who are not sort of talked about in the right way, and sometimes it is race related. And I do feel like I do feel like Carson Wentz is uh, he has the the problems as a quarterback that are the you know unfounded sort of racist tropes about black quarterbacks in the past. And like if he if if Carson Wentz were Jameis Winston, we would be talking about in year five. This guy is still, you know, you were talking about mechanical issues in year five. We're talking about he's not protecting the ball. He's not seeing the field like uh, the fact that he is like a, you know, like a white guy is sort of uh, pulling the wool over our eyes a little bit from the way that he should be talked about. Zach, <laughs> I mean, I I think uh, I just I, think that's true. I, I think, think Carson's I think Carson's getting beat up pretty uh pretty heavily this week. I mean, do I, you I really okay. I don't think Carson's being let off the hook this week. And I I said it in our beat back and forth. I I, I think that there were times in 2018 when there was a lot of Nick Foles stuff um, out there, uh, and then there were times last year when when the wide receivers were blamed. I I really haven't, and I I read everything, and I I don't listen to everything, but I listen to a lot. You listen I, to I, almost I everything. <laughs> I haven't seen much that has like um, been excuse making for Carson Wentz this week. So I oh. I, I suppose I, I I I understand what you're saying, but I think Carson's getting hit pretty hard this week. I mean, I was watching Bo, and and he is making the types of throws that make you cackle in the press box when an opposing quarterback. Yeah. That hurt like that hurts throw when he sails really? it. Like you would have been dying. I mean, I think Josh, I, I think I did were, laugh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if that Josh Allen nuts. makes those yeah. throw, that throw against the Eagles, you, you, you would be cracking up. Those are your favorite uh, throws in the, in the course of a game. So it's true. Uh, now uh, having and, said all this, it is a two game stretch. And so yeah. we do I have know. a like, 56 game uh, body of work before that where his floor was like mediocre. It wasn't the worst quarterback uh, in the NFL or among the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So if you want to look at it as a sort of glass half full thing, it's like, all right, he got to ease off to this terrible start. It's, you know, it, it's probably not going to go up to the point where he's one of the uh, five or maybe even 10 best quarterbacks this season, but should it go up at least to a sort of more competent level where he's uh mediocre and between like the 12th and 15th best quarterback uh, that probably is still the, you know, the most likely outcome for him this season. The problem, and, and, uh, the problem with that... that is there, there is some real urgency here. Like yeah. the season is, is very close to being over. 
for the Eagles if he doesn't turn things around quickly. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, just two quick things to add. First off, in, in terms of the criticism he's he's taken, even uh, people who who are national voices known to be ardent ardent when supporters like Dan Orlovsky uh, have been critical of him. Uh, so I I, 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 I do think uh, Wentz is taking the most scrutiny he has in his in his five years. Uh, the other thing to Shields point about if this happened to Donovan McNabb, um, well, also to my point is the uh, precedent here. Um, McNabb had had two bad games to start the season. Eagles started 0-2. They lost 17 nothing to to the Bucks to begin the season, then 31-10 to the Patriots in Week 2. McNabb had no touchdowns, three interceptions in those two games, and uh, it was it was a bad stretch for McNabb. Now the Eagles rebounded that year uh, to finish 12 and four. Mm. So we'll see what happens there. But but that is like the best case scenario or close to the best case scenario for how you turn around a season that starts 0 and 2. Now Mc, McNabb wasn't outstanding that year. He had 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, but um, I was reading a piece by Ruben Frank uh, about that year, how, how like how about McNabb went through what Carson's going through now. Interesting. Well, because I was wondering about, uh, you know, precedent. Uh, I, I assume you're going to be writing about this on the athletic at some point, Zach, because I think that's an interesting comparison. Or did you just look that up for the podcast? I was reading that earlier when you brought it up. I brought McNabb, but but that could have a good spot in the eight point lead this week. Yeah, or the, not called the eight point lead anymore. It's not Come called on. the. It's called the Eagles download. There you go. <laughs> yes. Well, gentlemen, uh, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or you've never played quarterback in the NFL before. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or we didn't have a full offseason. It's hard to get on the same page with such a short offseason. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can describe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com birds and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. It's as easy to tackle as Zach Ertz. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com birds today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com birds. GetRoman.com birds. This is crazy, a tweet that just came across my timeline. Uh, so as we mentioned, did, did we mention earlier what, what Doug said? about uh or, or have we just been making jokes about it about the layup thing right we, yeah. we mentioned it in in passing but we didn't have okay. a conversation about it. all right exp- explain quickly exactly what he said zach yeah so uh jimmy kemsky asked asked uh, a very legitimate question about um carson missing layups and doug responded have you ever played quarterback in the national football league of course jimmy said no i haven't doug and 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 Doug's point was that there are no layups in the NFL. And I did think that it was sort of 
playful. Like, yes, you know, and it was by not the way, quite as biting as he has been in the past. I, I understand you know? that it becomes a soundbite that's 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 gone back and forth on, on on social media from a reporter's perspective who who sits through uh, Doug Peterson's press conferences what four times a week. Um, it's always enjoyable when the coach shows personality. Like I. I, I don't even perceive that as as being mean spirited or, or or feisty. I look at it as, as as like an honest response, and I oh, well, I disagree with in favor that. of honest responses. No, I don't look I at it as an honest disingenuous. response. I think it's totally disingenuous, and it's his way of of trying to protect the player. I think no, that's but what I it is. I think that's how he feels in that moment. Like like you call it a layup. What do you know? I well, don't know about that. Well, this is uh this is so this is the tweet that I just came across this from NFL research. This is a, uh, what's it called when it has the blue check mark? Verified. Verified. This is a verified account. Like this is an NFL account. And they had this whole thing about, you know, what Peterson said and Carson Wentz is kind of the Carson Wentz stats. I was just popping, uh, popping off, but he, and then they finished this thread with Peterson is a good advocate for the difficulty of completing passes in the NFL. During his career as a starter for the Eagles and Browns, he completed 53.4% of his passes and had a 57.9 passer rating. Both were bottom three in the NFL among 39 quarterbacks with 10-plus starts in that span. NFL research is coming at Doug. <laughs> Pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Wow. I did not expect that. That's, it's, yeah, Jimmy Kemsky just said he didn't. A dog I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So very good. Uh, All right. Okay, your other uh, your other squall twenty two notes. Anything uh, else on the offense? Uh, no, I, I think those were those were the main things uh, with the offense. I mean, it is disjointed. I am concerned about the too many cooks in the kitchen thing. Uh, I really have no idea what they're trying to accomplish what they want their identity to be, especially when you compare it. it. Maybe it's glaring when you play a team like the Rams and you know exactly what they're going to do and what they want to do. Uh, so this, I mean, it's something we talked about in the off season and in the summer, and maybe it's going to take some time, but like that continues to be a, something to monitor is sort of how is Doug uh, collaborating with all these different coaches, these different ideas. Well, well sure, it, it, it did. Well, yeah, exactly. Really, that really made that, I mean, is he is he losing his way? Because that one really <laughs> got to me. I mean, that's crazy. Give me a bit. Yeah. Well, I guess now we got to get into this. Zach, explain what it's what ridiculous. Exactly, what exactly did he say on that one? He said it twice. Like he he doubled down. He back said down. It on, yeah. He said it on on radio that when he was talking about the offensive struggles that uh, they missed a lot of practice time this summer and they're introducing new players to the scheme. And he said even the young guys. Uh, you know they need more reps, and then when he and then in his press conference later on on Monday, he uh, brought this up again, and then uh, Les Bowen asked a good follow up question, similar to what uh, uh, Shield tweeted out, and, and we've been talking about that there are, if, well, I, I guess first off everyone's dealing with the same thing, and 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 you know they are a veteran team, veteran coach, veteran quarterback, and and Doug's point was. Two and a half weeks is not enough time to prepare for a season. Now, it was clearly enough time for all these teams that are having good offenses so far to prepare. Not enough time for the Eagles. Yeah, let me let me. I'm just, I just have the NFL standings up here, and let me just pick out some of my favorite ones. Uh, Stefan Diggs gets traded to the Bills in the offseason. Two and a half weeks of practice time. 
He leads the NFL in receiving and was an absolute monster. Looked like he had been playing with Josh Allen for 10 years last week. Uh, Cam Newton signs in late July, late June, early July. They told, I mean, you couldn't have a more different offense than what the Patriots ran last year. He just threw for 397 yards and looks like as good as he's ever looked right now. Uh, let's see, what are some of these other ones we can get to? I mean, the Browns are, are one and one, but they've got a new coach and coordinators on both side of, sides of the ball here. Uh, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars have a new play caller, a new offense with Jay Gruden and Gardner Minshew has lit it up here for uh, for two weeks in a row. Uh, there are just so many. Justin Herbert found out 10 minutes before the game that he was starting and they scored more points than the Eagles did last week. So this is, you know, just such a terrible response. I, I think I made jokes about this in like April that Adam Gase was like minus 600 to be the first coach to uh, use this as an excuse after his team sucks. And Doug Peterson somehow beat him to the punch. I mean, that is just flat out, uh, flat out embarrassing. DeAndre Hopkins, another one traded to the Cardinals leads the league in receptions. How about the, the team the Eagles just played? Mm-hmm. They had a new OC, a new defensive coordinator, a new special teams coach, five new starters on a defense, and you couldn't score more than 19 points against that team. How about Micah Kaiser, a guy who was starting his second career game and just got named NFC Player of the Week because he had 16 tackles against your Garbanzo Beans offense. Uh, that, that comment by Doug Peterson and then doubling down really annoyed me, especially when you look back at this guy, what he's done as a head coach. I mean, what happened to the guy in 2017 who refused to make excuses and said, we're going to go win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and he did it, and then wrote a book called Fearless after the season. And now he's talking about how the reason he's had the worst offense in the league through two weeks is because they didn't get enough practice time. And in my continuity rankings, in terms of how they compare to to other teams league-wide, they're in the top 10. They've got their offensive play caller. They've got their quarterback. They've got their defensive play caller. Uh, so so that was absolutely ridiculous and embarrassing. Yeah, the only – I agree with everything you said. I haven't spoken to Doug about this. Uh, the only thing I, I could be thinking is it's a convenient ex- excuse in, 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 instead of him ripping on his players because like clearly his players are at fault here too. And uh, – he 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 would not go that far to. Rip well, he's at fault too. How about Jim Schwartz? They should have taken a page out of Jim Schwartz's playbook. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he got up there and said, "I sucked. I wasn't good enough. I'm not going to put the players in that position next time." And you know, we're going to get better. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Now you had some pretty good engagement on that tweet, Shill. Who did? You did. I mean, it's no uh, Zach Berman, uh, Greg Ward. <laughs> tweet, okay, but it was okay. Okay, not bad. Yeah. Um, okay, how about the defense, which got uh, <laughs> totally pantsed? Well, I mean, it, it really – Jim Schwartz was right. I mean, he wasn't lying when he took, <laughs> took, took the blame. You look at it, it really looked like they had not watched a, a minute of Rams film. I know they did. I know they work hard to prepare. But, man, the, the Rams, as you guys said in the postgame pod, we're not doing anything different in this game than what they always do. And so – I mean, we can look at a number of different players. I don't know if it's probably not worth going over like specific plays right now, but uh, how about this this change in defensive line coach? You know who is doing a terrible job in this game? The defensive ends keeping contain on every – I mean, Josh Sweat about like, you know, I know he's your boy, Zach, 
I don't know how many times the guy was biting on play action yeah. and leaving Jared Goff wide open. You would think after like the fourth time, a coach might say something to him and he might stop doing it. But they uh, were Josh just... Sweat knows you get paid for sacks. Well, that's true. I mean, honestly, I would be the same way if I were a defensive end. So if that's his honest Sacks response. Sacks with money then, signs. It's a gym, classic Jim Washburn. I would actually, I would absolutely accept that if he came out and offered that as his explanation. <laughs> but he was getting eaten alive. I mentioned Hargrave. Uh, Brandon Graham is getting blocked by Cooper Cup in the run game in this game, which was uh, which was disappointing to see. Yeah, Jim made a point of, of mentioning that uh, Graham – Graham did, did not contain on the backside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, none of their def- – Derek Barnett, there I can remember a play where he didn't uh, – Nate Gary, I mean, you guys do this two-hour-long post-game pod and not one mention of how – who said Nate Gary on the Friday uh, on the Friday edition as the guy we'll be talking about if they get smoked in this game. That was oh, – nobody remembers. <laughs> yes. Now everybody's silent. Oh, no, that was you, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, poor Nate Gary. They were just picking on him. All game long. Yeah, but what, what's but you say that though? But I mean, this is the smartest guy on the team. I mean, he knows he knows where to be. Well, have it, he he was having some Wi-Fi issues. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that's pretty good. Great in this <laughs> game, uh, Mike Epps. I couldn't believe how many snaps. Mark is did he not his name. Also? Not his <laughs> name. Well, I blame both for that. A good a good re- a good uh, <laughs> bring back wide, to of the course most widely read piece ever <laughs> uh, in the <laughs> It was a good piece. It it's funny, Omar. It was a funny piece. Uh, it's wait, what, what's his name? Marcus. Sorry, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Fs. I can't believe that 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 about about eleven months of that bit finally paid off, and you calling him Mike Epps. That's really good. Uh, the payoff. Oh, by the way, every time you watch Marcus Epps out there, well, I should say every time I watch Marcus Epps out there, it it looks like Sidney Jones is playing safety. You know, cause well, that's just because you. That's just because you. I mean, it's like it's like a cartoon of a hungry person seeing like food on everybody. Like no, he switched, that's you just seeing Sidney Jones and everything. He you switched see. the twenty-two right before the season yeah. uh, started, so you get used to watching Sidney Jones for three years. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. as I was going through it and making my notes. At one point, I stopped and I was like, "All right, how much of this three safety thing did they play?" I was like, wait, he only played 16 snaps? Yeah, six, I was just going to say 16 snaps. I've written his name down like 10 times for a place <laughs> where they're getting uh, they're getting smoked. So uh, that is probably not some not a, a package. I mean, there was one where it was like a, a play action to the right, which he bit on that, and then it was a bootleg to the left, and so he's running back to the he left. He ran the wrong way. And then it was a middle screen to Cooper Cup back to where he originally was. I felt, I felt like he just needed a hug uh, after, <laughs> after that play. That was a really tough play. Yeah, they and, need uh, Will Parks back quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, Ooh, we'll see. Man, they need a little bit of Elijah Riley. We'll see if Will Parks is the second coming of, of Brian Dawkins because they did <laughs> – I mean, they told us Nikel Roby Coleman – as you you know, was the fifth yeah. best uh, top five slot corner, and he was getting cooked. He was in getting this dunked game, on uh, as well. So yeah, he's I not think, Patrick Robinson, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So those are uh, those are some of the defensive notes that uh, I had down. You know, Co- Coach Flynn made this point to me um, when you're playing the Rams. You know, they played a lot of man coverage, and he was saying it's really hard to play man coverage against a team like the Rams for a couple reasons. Because one is they've got these condensed splits, and so a lot of their route concepts are like rubs and picks that are really going to eat up man coverage that the Eagles have had really had problems with for like the last three years. And that was certainly an issue in this game. But then the other point he made was when you have a lot of this misdirection and run action, like if Nate Gary, you know, bites on a, on a play action fake, 
and he's responsible for someone in coverage, like it's, it's game over, you know, like mm -hmm. he's, he runs back and is chasing, but like, there's no one in a zone. And so, um, you know, you can certainly question with Jim Schwartz, was this a game where they, where they should have played more zone, especially after the issues they're having, giving up three touchdowns. Uh, in the first quarter well and you know that goes back to although I do think that it's overstated how successful they were against the Rams in the two games because they gave up like over 30 points in that first game in 2017 but it does go back to they, they had more success than in this game in the past and they were certainly playing more zone then yeah and and I'll just rear I will I'll, I'll mention what I wrote today on the athletic where Jim can fall on his sword here and, and he knows how to do that eloquently uh, but uh, this might not be as much of a game plan thing as he says. Now, I, I don't think the game plan was, or I think the game plan was the problem here. But I think going forward, there are personnel issues that that might just expose themselves even more. And in particular, the the linebackers. Uh, we've been talking about it um, outside the building. It's it's been a big story, and I just don't know if if it's going to be much better. I do like the idea that Bo proposed in our, in our email back and forth on, uh, on, on Tuesday that maybe TJ Edwards should take Duke Riley's spot. But still, I, I think that the middle of the field, the linebackers and the safeties, they are worse than they've been in the past. And when you talk about staples of this defense, such as running the, or, or such as run defense, such as, defending tight ends, things that they've done well in the past. I don't know if they're going to do as well this year. Yeah, I was surprised by that unnecessary shot Bo took at Duke Riley. I mean, geez, coming out of this game, you just crushed. You want to get Duke Riley Why? out of there. I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you were impressed with Duke Riley in no, this game? No, I mean, he didn't play well. TJ Edwards didn't play well either. In this yeah, game. but, like, I mean, it's it goes back to what I've been saying. Like, there's enough of a track record that we know that Duke Riley is not a starting caliber linebacker. I mean, we make fun of the Cyprian trade, but the Rams, I mean, the, the Falcons drafted him and gave him up thinking he was worth less than Jonathan Cyprian. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like TJ Edwards is undrafted and he's probably not starting caliber either, but we don't know that yet, at least. Like, you know, he's he's making plays on the ball on special teams. At least maybe uh, he can do something for you turnover-wise. Like, I just, we already know what Duke Riley is. He's not good. I mean, I think the problem, uh, you know, at linebacker, it's not that I agree with the Eagles approach that you should not be investing so do I. a lot of resources into off ball linebackers. The issue to me is that you would hope that the resource you do invest or those day three picks, like over the course of a few years that you hit on someone better than what they hit on. I mean, not to go back to the Rams and make this like a, like a Micah Kaiser, uh, you know, podcast, but they got that guy. I think it was in like the fifth round. Out of uh, out of Zach's favorite uh, university. And by the way, the UVA. team they're playing this week, you know, I, I haven't been uh, grinding the tape on the Bengals, but I saw uh, Ben Solak tweeting about how good Akeem, Ga Akeem Davis Gaither has been for them. Fourth round pick. Yeah, he's the guy who he was the next linebacker taken after Davion Taylor, and we said, like I said at the time, he was the like that you could have taken him over Davion Taylor. He's playing early and making plays. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like running back on defense, right? I mean, it's a, it's a spot where you should be able to not have to pay a lot of money, uh, but still, you still want to get a good player. It's not like you don't care if the player is good and man, their, their guys were just getting uh, completely eaten up. No, it was, yeah, I, game. I believe I have... by the way, the Bengals are one of the two teams in the NFL with uh, less cap money devoted to the position. I, I, uh, the mm -hmm. Eagles, I think it's only 
the Bengals and the Patriots. And I think the Patriots one is a little um, twisted or warped because of the opt-outs. So that Mm -hmm. would be a little different if, uh, if they had everyone on the books. And the other thing is, I mean, if you talk about team building, um, I you know we talked about this on on the the Amaze podcast, but they're like Darius Slay, Darius Slay's been good, right? Darius Slay's been good. Yeah, I think he's really good. And he's been what they paid for. And guess what? It's made no difference on how good the defense is. So the decision that they made this offseason that the number one priority needed to be adding a number one corner. By hook or by crook, we're going to trade a third and a fifth and extend a guy who's 29 years old so that he can help fix the defense. Well, guess what? He is what you thought he was, and the defense is worse. So maybe that wasn't the best use of resources, given that we know that Jim Schwartz has had a you know a middle-of-the-pack defense with bad cornerback play in the past. Maybe you should have used that money and those resources to fix the offense. Which, by the way, I, I've heard this idea that uh, you know they're not really underachieving. They looked at this as a rebuilding year or some other. Give uh, me a break. Nonsense. Who says that? Get yeah. out! I get yeah. out of here with that. I mean, you don't make the Darius Slay trade if that's the case, and if you're approaching a year like that when you think you have a franchise quarterback who's 28 years old, then that's a terrible approach. I mean, as every well. good player on the team who they think is good is basically yeah. 30 years old. Exactly. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess the last question that uh, I told you guys we were going to ask, water gun to your back. Well, before we get there, I I did want to I I, I did want to mm. say one thing. Uh, we Do we have breaking of, news? Can we get you know, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> no? No. Uh, you know, we two of football is in the books, uh, yes. and now it's time to review the tape, as as we all did, and as 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 Bo did very well, and get ready for week three. There is no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of, of Week 3, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? And don't worry, if football is not for you, DraftKings is giving you all your MMA fans the the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week I'm during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm sorry we didn't come through on the U.S. Open bets, Shiel. It's okay. I didn't I mean, get to watch a lot of it. You know, it's it's, it's a true. Weird it comes down time, on a Sunday. Right? Yeah. yeah. I gotta tell you, like speaking of the weird sports time, like you know, I it's too much. Yeah, I, I like, sort of quit on like the NBA. Like I was all in with the NBA. Yeah. But now since football started, it's very. I hard can for barely me to watch. Yeah, I can barely watch baseball. I'm barely watching the NBA. You know, if it was if it was normally the end of, uh, you know, M- May and 
like the NA- the NHL playoffs were going on, even if the Flyers weren't in it, I'd be watching. I can't. I haven't watched a second. Like it's too much. You got to pick your spots for sure. Yeah, uh, Zach, I thought that I uh, crazy. Uh, I was surprised by when you guys had the article and you asked if you would trade Carson Wentz for Joe Burrow and you said no right now. I was shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say real quickly why because, and I'm I'm very bullish on Joe Burrow, but... You liked him the most of any get, of us. What's that? You liked him the most of any of us. Yeah, but, but those what you're trying ago. to get is a 2017 type Carson Wentz season and I have more confidence that a 27-year-old quarterback who has done it before can get back there than someone who's never done it before getting there. Now, I know you have to factor in the, the rookie contract, um, but I, I don't view this as an RG3 situation right now where like Carson is shot physically or so affected physically that he's not the same player. Now, we'll see. I mean, clearly he's, he's not what he was in 2017, but I'm not ready to say he can't get to that point again. And I, I just think there's a higher probability that if you've played at that level, you can get there again rather than if you've never been there. I, I think that the career tra- the, the career trajectory that Eagles fans should hope for for Carson Wentz is, is Ben Roethlisberger, like that type of player during the next decade. On the field? Yes, on the field, correct. Okay. Well— I mean, I think every Eagles fan would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Of course. Uh, yeah. Right now. Well, let me ask you this, because this this is really at sort of the core of Eagles fans' uh, faith or lack thereof of faith in Carson Wentz right now. Like, what year will it have to be where you <laughs> – where no, really, where, you, where you're like, you know what, 2017 might not happen again for this guy. You know? Like, let's say this year he's like uh, – you know, let's say this no, year – like- it's this similar year. to the last two. Yeah, so if this, if year, this year is similar to the last two years, then after this season, then you will say, all right, you know, th- this might be kind of be who he is. Uh, you know, he's solid. He's sort of around the 12th best quarterback. But uh, he would maybe that was just an outlier season. It's not going to happen again. Well, for him at this point, for him to get to the last two years would be would be a huge upgrade. I mean, then then at least you can say, yeah, settle in. He's a he's a middle tier quarterback you know, maybe high middle tier that you can, that you can win with. Like right now he's, you know, he's been the, like the worst or second worst quarterback in the league. Uh, and I think it's probably fair to expect that that's going to progress to the mean. Obviously we have, you know, four years of a sample size instead of two game sample size. But uh, for like right now, if he can, if he could be average, that would be a win for the Eagles given the way he's played. Is that is that that's what I'm supposed to say, isn't it? Progress to the mean when it's when it's come back up. Yes, right. correct. Oh man, where has this been? Like the last ten years of my <laughs> writing career, I owe it because I'm like, well, you can't say regress to the mean. It's okay. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, now, Bo, Monday's press conference. Did you think that? Uh, well, I I'm I asking this honestly. If I didn't speak clearly, let me know. But but did you hear me say regress? Or did you think there was a chance I, I, I could have said progress or progress to the meeting? I heard you say regress. Okay, because a lot was made out of that. And it, I mean, Doug was like incredulous at, at first. At, at He said, did you say progress or, right. or progress? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, he might and have been playing regress. Dumb, yeah. Doug was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and he goes, that's a good question, which, <laughs> yeah, that's a good which question. some people jumped on top of. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, well, I, may I, mean so, I may sound like a, uh, I don't know. I probably come off as a big uh, Wentz hater during this podcast. I'm just trying to be realistic, but uh, I would do that deal in a heartbeat. I mean, I well, especially a, given the, you know, the, the contract and the youth, like the, the, those ancillary parts. Like, well, I think Burrow has huge upside. So I do mean, I. Yeah. So, but what's Burrow's upside? MVP and multi Super Bowl, okay. multi tie, yeah, multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowl winner. I think. I, I just think it's 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 hard to say after two games that um, that he's 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 going to get to the point that Carson Wentz was in 2017. Oh, I think I think in the next, uh, I would say in the next three years, he will have a season statistically. That is better than what Carson Wentz had in 2017. Well, okay. it's also you're not just That's saying like you know this, this guy's. <laughs> uh-huh, well, it's not like you're just saying this guy's played two games out of nowhere. He's you know he has the the best uh, season yeah, of a college quarterback yeah, ever. He was the number one overall pick. He had a great sure. season. Yeah, like it's not like this guy came out of thin hair. It's not he's not Gardner Minshew. Would you try? All right. Well, we might as well go. Are we trying to end this podcast, or do you want me to run through a couple of these? You know that I'm happy to go as long right. as you want. This is and we still have the the water gun to our head. Yeah, well, yeah, that's all. That sort of rolled into. All the right, same I'll do this. So, would you trade Wentz for Patrick Mahomes? Of course, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if I said no? Yeah. Would you trade Wentz for Lamar Jackson? Yes, of course. Uh, would you trade Wentz for? Going through here. By the way, Lamar Jackson reminds me of the. It was very funny. This continues to happen. Uh, on NFL Sundays, as Calvin Ridley has a big game, all of a sudden Falcons <laughs> Twitter is again like tweeting at me nonstop. Oh, really? Uh, calling me a clown because that tweet is still up there. The tweet, which was a joke, and then it was very funny because it's like my mentions are going like nonstop, nonstop. Flex, big flex. And then they they blow the game and it went totally silent. So uh, I know everybody's rooting against the Cowboys for me, but for me that was lovely. I hope the Falcons lose every single game this year in similar fashion. <laughs> How about that flex, Zach? Bo Bo is at that media stage where his mentions are blowing up. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, what well, is, yeah, what, it's people calling me. It's people uh, calling me a clown because they just, you know, they got they they got sent this tweet that uh, is totally out of context. You know, it's next not like, next he's going to be doing the don't aggregate this. I see out there, you know, all the aggregators no, out there. <laughs> uh, all right, let me see who else. How about Deshaun Watson? Yes. I would take Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I would make that trade. Okay, I would as well. Uh, let's see who else we got. How about Dak Prescott? Hmm. Um, yes. You would trade Wentz for Dak Prescott? Yes. Oh wow! Uh, when this podcast first started, <laughs> imagine if three years later you would have said that. You didn't really hesitate. That is interesting. So the the uh, if it's if close. you're, I still think it's close, but yes, I would. If you're considering the contract variable with Joe Burrow, you need to consider the contract variable with Dak Prescott. And the fact that he's unsigned beyond this season, uh, and you're looking at either a tag or playing in a market that has already been set by Watson and Mahomes, uh, I would rather have the cost certainty. And I think this was before I was at The Athletic, but, but, but Shield did an analysis piece when Carson signed the contract and it was basically saying like this deal is going to look now it, it, it only looks good if Carson plays well. Right. Mm, yikes. That went in age. Well, yeah, I guess but, Let, but let's go delete that the, column after this. Spot. The, the, the value of, of what they're paying a, a, a quarterback, a franchise level quarterback on, on Carson's deal 
is not as as burdensome when you view the way that market has continued to inflate. Yeah, and I, what you're paying Dak Prescott is is the going rate for a quarterback. So I I would keep Carson at Carson's rate. All right, what if you what if you were getting Dak Prescott and he just took he said, "Oh, that Carson's contract looks pretty good. I'll just take that for the trade." Uh, then that's that's a that's an interesting hypothetical. I I would have to look hard at at Dak right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know I like I I'm open to the possibility that this is going to sound very silly in three weeks, and I'm like a slave to recency bias here. But yeah, give me Dak right now. Okay. By uh, the way, though, I'm I'm going to sound like I am making excuses for Carson here. But I'd be interested in seeing Carson with with Dallas's wide receivers for sure. It's true. Uh, Kyler Murray. Yes, <laughs> but that's I, I fun. Really like, like he's so fun to watch. Yeah, I, I I really like Kyler too. You get him on on the rookie deal. Uh, yeah, probably so. Russell Wilson. Yes. Definitely. No. Okay. I think the no brainer. Yes. The, the no brainers for me are Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. I'm going Mahomes, through. Lamar Jackson. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Joe Burrow to me is a no-brainer. Interesting. Really? Absolutely. Wow, two games. Uh, no, it's not two games. It's a prospect coming in, okay. and it's what I mean. It, it, and then it's compared to what you you have information on Wentz. You have 58 yeah. games here. Let's stop treating him like he's in his, his second mm-hmm. season in the NFL. So I, I think uh, what what you could potentially have. What about Burrow, Baker Mayfield? Uh, no, I would I would keep playing. You're missing one Amazing. that I I think is an obvious one, and I th- I thought Mike oh. Sando did a really good job with this the other day uh, yeah. on the Athletic. Jared Goff. You would trade Wentz for Goff? No, no, I'm no he's asking, asking you. you. I'm asking oh, you. I would because, not. No, because that was the I would keep premise. Wentz for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was the premise of of Sando's column, right? Yeah, I think Goff stinks. I really do. Uh, how about Jared? Or I'm uh, I'm sorry. How about Josh Allen? I thought you were going to say Jared Stidham. <laughs> no, uh, I would uh, have... Josh Allen. Yeah, no, keep I keep Wentz. Wentz. I would rather have Wentz as well. What's okay. your answer on Dak, Sheil? That that is a tough one. You know what? I I think I would I think I would lean with you right now. I mean, with with Prescott, you're getting uh, durability. I don't think the I, I don't know maybe I don't think the lows uh, that might be wrong that's recent yeah that's the thing where I don't really know yeah. the answer to that like yeah. is yeah. is he less volatile I don't really know I mean and then you Zach's point is a good like one. I think back to last you year like Wentz he missed that, that he missed a couple throws in that week 16 game like yeah you know Wentz was better in that game yeah I don't know he feels more again this might be recency bias he feels more like reliable and that you sort of you put the pieces around him and it's gonna work I don't know. This might be well, a, yeah. Who's my, like who's my GM as part of the question too? Yeah, and now, by true. the way, I I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm being too hard on on Joe Burrow because I think the world of <laughs> Joe Burrow as a player. But I mean, Joe Burrow is the apple of quarterback prospects. But Bo brought up Baker Mayfield, and I I think that's interesting because the conversation after Baker Mayfield's rookie that's season true. was a lot different than it is now. I mean, he had 27 touchdowns, 14 and interceptions as as a rookie uh looked really good was you know he had a longer track record of college production than joe burrow joe burrow had an unprecedented year but what baker mayfield did over you know two over over the period of time there at oklahoma um there was a larger sample size in college and uh obviously different physically 
But um, but if you were having this this conversation after Baker Mayfield's rookie year, the the way Mayfield is is viewed was different. So my my point is that there's not really there's such a small sample size of Joe Burrow in the NFL uh, relative to Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm still thinking about the Wentz Dak one. I don't know. I'm on the fence there. There's definitely yeah. a case for Dak. There's definitely a case for Dak, but then I mean, it's very valid to say it's hard to escape Wentz, the recency bias. You, you you just sort of trade him right now, and you put Wentz in that Cowboys offense. Maybe yeah. you know he gets it together and wins the MVP this year. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. certainly possible. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, uh, we'll we'll come back to that one. In the NFL yet. Give me a but listen. This is going to look silly in three years when Joe <laughs> Burrow is like winning the MVP and yeah. just carrying carrying the Bengals. I feel good about Joe Burrow. Uh, let's revisit the da- the deck. Da- Maybe how about Cowboys Week? We'll give our final decisions on that. How about that? I like that. Okay. Right. Uh, water water gun to your back. How has the last two weeks changed? How many games do you think the Eagles will win this season? I would put them at if I could pick one record and have like a you, you know pick, yeah you gotta you gotta put your dart you gotta record. put your dart they're all sixteen to one odds so which one are you hoping pays out for you? Six and ten. Six wow. and ten. Oh man, you're going all the way down to six and ten. You're with me. I will well, I had them at nine and seven, <laughs> and I had them starting two and zero. Oh, so you would say seven and nine, but they're a worse team than I thought they were week one. So I I, I, oh, wow. I can. Yeah. Uh, I will go seven and nine. Okay. Which you got to go seven and seven the rest of the way. So, yeah, uh, I'm you, taking you five. Right. I'm taking five and 11. Wow. I mean, oh, my God. Where this could be the Rams postgame pod all over again. Yeah. Like, just, I'm just going <laughs> to This read could out. be like, hopefully, Doug, hopefully, Doug. I mean, we know Doug listens. So, hopefully, he's <laughs> able to snip this part. They can play it as their uh, motivation because, you know, they need, uh, they're, they're unable to win games unless nobody believes in them. So well, let me do this, this with you guys real quick. Okay? Well, I think they're there right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what like they started the season like, oh, you know, I don't feel like playing. We got to We got to get back to what we're comfortable with where we suck and people count us out. So then we can play well. Cincinnati. Win. Uh, at yeah, San Fran. A loss unless they call up Elijah Riley. I, I'm, I'm saying win there. At, they at, could get at, lucky. They could get lucky if no Jimmy G, although we'll see about that. No, uh, no, I'm saying win in Cincinnati. Uh, at at San you're right. Fran, you're saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. They could get lucky yeah. if there's no quarterback. I think, yeah, it might be a loss either okay. way, the way they're playing. At Pittsburgh, loss. loss. Versus Baltimore, loss. loss. Versus New York, Giants. Well, now you're saying they're one and five. So, like, you know, the the wheels have already come off the bus. Loss. Versus the Giants, win. Versus the Cowboys, loss. I'm saying loss to all of them. By loss. week, at the Giants. I think they can win both win. the Giants. Games. I agree. Yeah, they I should agree. be able to. Now here's where it gets interesting. At Cleveland, mm. I think that can be a win still. Depends. Depends. Uh, depends who's on their offensive line in Cleveland that week. What week Vert, is that? That's week eleven. That that kind of has the feel of like the 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 wheels fall off. Yeah. You know, at mm-hmm. Cleveland, like you get embarrassed at Cleveland. I don't know. All right, what's well, because next? like the, the Cincinnati game Cleveland. from 2016. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the at at Cleveland's really important because here's what comes after it: versus Seattle. I mean, they they never. <laughs> you, yeah, you I mean they'll never loss. beat the Seahawks. <laughs> at Green Bay, yeah, loss. Versus New Orleans, 
<laughs> yeah, look at the schedule, man. Maybe I might go to four and twelve. New Orleans stinks right now, but okay. I would still say the loss <laughs> at Arizona. Oh my gosh! Wow, yeah. Yeah. this is crazy. At loss. Dallas, three and thirteen, and then oh. the end of the season at Washington. Or I'm sorry, home against Washington. But Jeez. but point is 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 well. Let like me the, ask you this. All right. I mean, if they have draft, a top draft coverage, yeah. If they have, well, if yeah. they have a top five pick. You know, you just drafted Jalen Hurts, but you got a shot to take a, uh, you know, a Trey Lance, a Trevor Lawrence. What are you going to do? Justin Fields, yeah, no. I, I mean, I think what you're looking at is is like Penai Soul. You know, you're, you're uh, looking at. You know I like a Penai. Uh, uh, but, but, my, <laughs> but my point with the schedule, and of, of, of course, so much can happen. There could be uh, QBs knocked out or, or the Eagles could, could go on, on a roll. But that's why these first two games were so critical. At Washington's a game you need to win. Your home opener against the Rams is a, is a game you should win. To be 0-2 at this point, you're going to have to to steal wins that, 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 that weren't there before. Well, either this was the— <laughs> Keep listening uh, to the podcast, though, people. Yeah, you e- know. Either this was the Rams post-game pod or we nailed it. Yeah. And so— uh, either way, it's really a win for us. You know, if they come back mm-hmm. and have a great season, we'll, we, you guys, I, I know some of the audience still goes back and listens to that Rams post game pod just to, uh, to mock us from the Super Bowl season. And so you can do that here, but you know what? Uh, I have a mailbag going up on the athletic on Thursday and the questions that I got in that were all along, you know, what we just talked about i mean every question was about wentz's future peterson's future and howie roseman's future which we didn't really uh, get into here and so i think most of the audience is probably uh, feeling the same way about this team as well we let are. me ask you guys this what's the ceiling because you know, eight we eight. should we should consider optimism i i still think the ceiling is nine and seven yeah i mean yeah, that's I, probably I the right ceiling the, the ceiling is they win their the rest of their nfc east games they win those five yes. games like, and that's they win the, the ceiling yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say nine. And, I think okay. nine and seven. Yeah, is and, and right. I still think that can happen. I, like, I, I don't think that's inconceivable. They have, they have talent on this team. I, I got to think Carson's better than he is, but, but the floor is is worse than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, get excited for Friday's live YouTube show <laughs> at eleven thirty. We'll get to talk about this big game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Eagles are six-point favorites. So they better pull it out. Uh, we'll see if they've called up Elijah Riley. That'll determine my pick. So there you go. Uh, for Zach and Sheila and Marissa, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash friends and download, delete, resubscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you listen. And as always... We love you.